If you read the same account under the Gospel of John, John gives us some other information that's very pertinent to what happened here uh, in this Gospel. He tells us where those five barley loaves and two fish came from. They were brought by a little boy who came to Jesus' teaching and offered them to him to use for this great miracle. And that's what I would like to share with you this morning. And since we have so many of our children here, and since this is about a little Palestinian boy in Jesus' time, I would like to ask the children who wish to do so to come up here in the front if you'd like to come up and set a seat here because this sermon's going to be primarily directed to you. And you're okay where you are. You can hear it there. But I just want to give that invitation. If anybody wants to come forward and sit up front, you're welcome to do so. Because that's one of the things that this young boy did when he got to the crowd and he was in a place like this and they saw where Jesus was. They had the ability to squeeze between the legs of all the people that were there uh, and would always manage to get themselves up front where they had a good seat and they could see all the things that they were doing. Uh, And the... uh, We've prepared a little sheet for you, too, so if you're not coming forward, I'd ask the children to raise their hand because we have a little worksheet that we're going to give to you also. And as I mentioned certain things in the sermon, we want you to try to find those on that worksheet. There'll be some words there that are found inside and see if you can find them. So they're going to pass out these little worksheets to you. And so if you lift your hand up, uh, they'll come and give those out. And while they're giving those out, there's one other little piece of background information that I need to share with you, and that is that this particular miracle of the multiplication of the loaves and fishes is the only miracle of Jesus that is specifically mentioned by all four of the evangelists. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all record this event. And that tells us that it must be very, very important if they were all inspired by the Holy Spirit to record this and to pass it down to generations. And so we have read these accounts, and as we read them, the different information that's given by the different evangelists all come together in our mind, uh, and we get a pretty good little composite uh, of what was uh, going on there. Uh, And so uh, follow me uh, as we talk about these things and see what we're doing. Are we ready? Good. I want to tell you a story about a little boy in Palestine who lived at the time of Jesus Christ. His name was Amos. And he was known in the village of Bethsaida where he lived as Amos Barjona, which simply means that he was Amos and he was the son of Jonah. His father's name was Jonah. His mother's name was Hannah. And all of these names are beautiful things and have great meaning. For instance, the, word, the name Amos that we first encounter in one of the minor prophets of the Scripture, the word Amos means having a heavy burden, 
carrying a load, someone who is burdened. And that doesn't mean somebody who has to carry heavy things. But what it really means in Scripture, having a burden for something, means that they have a place in their heart for other people. They have a burden of wanting to reach out and make other people's lives better. They want to help other people. And I don't know what it was, but there was something about this little boy when he was born that his parents looked at him and they could see in that innocence a real love for his fellow man. And so they named him after the prophet Amos and, and, and just waited for God to show them how he was going to live up to his name in his life. Now Jonah, of course, is the reluctant prophet, one who ran away from God and who didn't want to go uh, and teach the people of Nineveh. But instead, when God sent him there, he went in the other direction, remember? And that direction took him across the sea. God caused the sea to erupt in a great storm. And Jonah realized that this was God coming after him. So he told the sailors on the boat, throw me overboard. That's the only way you're going to save yourself because God's after me. So throw me over. And they threw him over and he was swallowed by a big fish. And you know the rest of the story. The fish brought him back to land. Uh, he got out of the fish's belly and wiped himself all off and decided he better be a little bit more faithful to God. Uh, and so he went to Nineveh and the people of Nineveh repented. But he was the reluctant prophet. Well, his dad was named that and he was named it primarily because his father... Uh, owned a fishing service there in Bethsaida. And it wasn't that they went out and caught fish, but they had a packing plant where the fish that was caught, they would salt down and preserve and put them in cases. And when the caravans would come through, they would buy the fish. And fish from Bethsaida were carried all over the world. It was a great seafood place. And that's where Amos's father worked. And he thought that was a good name that his dad should be Jonah because of Jonah's relationship to the fish and to the sea. His mother's name was Hannah. And, of course, we first meet Hannah uh, in the great story of, uh, of Samuel because Hannah could not have any children. And she wanted a child so bad, and she prayed for God, and she tried to live as good a life as she could so God would bless her. And she just prayed for God. And finally she said, God, if you will give me a son, I will dedicate him to you. And of course you remember that story that Hannah has a son and she names him Samuel and she dedicates him to God. And she even brings him to the temple school when he's still a small child, puts him in the boarding school at the temple and he's raised there in the temple and becomes one of the great high priests of Israel and occupies a, a place that's so important in the history of Israel. And Hannah, who was Amos's mother's name, Hannah's name uh, means lovely, beautiful, gracious. So if your name is Hannah, or if you're a derivation of Hannah, if your name is Anna, then you're a very gracious, and you're a very beautiful, and you're a very godlike woman. And God wants you to live in to that. Now, all of you have names, and I wonder what your name is, and I wonder why your parents named you what they did. 
and what they hoped that name would mean for you as you grew up to be a man or a woman. Ask them why they named you what they did. Find out what your name means in Scripture because God speaks to you through your name because that's the blessing that God has on your life. And you need to know what it is so you can begin to live in it. Now, Amos also had a brother, an older brother. It's always good to have an older brother who looks after you. And, and he had a brother whom he really felt safe with who looked after him because his name was Gideon. And Gideon, of course, we remember, was one of the great judges that God had, had raised up to care for his people. And they were not judges who sat in black robes and made decisions about law, but they were judges who, who judged uh, the faithfulness of the people and who led them to be faithful to, the God, to God by being good leaders to them. And Gideon was a great leader and a wonderful military person who won some of the greatest battles that Israel had against their enemy. And God blessed them. And so this was a wonderful family. They lived in Bethsaida. And only about 10 miles down the road was the town of Capernaum. And you know who lived in Capernaum? Peter and Andrew and James and John and also Jesus. That's where Jesus' headquarters was when he began his public life. And he left the old countryside village of Nazareth and went to the big city where all the great caravans of the world passed from east to west. Jesus relocated himself in Capernaum, almost in the middle of Interstate Highway 26 and 95, you know, where all the traffic goes. So he would be there and would see people coming and going and would be able to give the words of salvation to them. Jesus was there. And Amos had the pleasure of living at a time when Jesus was walking the shores of Galilee and was preaching salvation. He witnessed the great miracle of curing of the blind man, which actually happened in his own village of Bethsaida. And the reason he happened to witness that was that he was not in the village that day, but he and Gideon were out in the river that comes from the great mountain in, Asia, uh, in Assyria and brings all that crystal clear cool water down from the melting snows that flows between these two villages into the Sea of Galilee and gives all the beautiful fresh water to the villages there. And they were playing there when they saw Jesus bring a man outside the village to a quiet place under the palm trees out of the gaze of curious people because the man was blind and they saw Jesus make mud and put it on his eyes and restore sight to him that was Amos's and Gideon's first encounter with Jesus that they knew so much about him and they felt so attracted to him and on this particular day that we're talking about 
they heard word going through the village that Jesus was going to be on the mountainside between Bethsaida and Capernaum preaching all of that day and working with the people. And so Gideon and Amos wanted to go. And their mother let them go because they would watch out for each other. But they told him, before they go, I'm going to pack a lunch for you. So get me the little cloth bag that you carry when you're taking the sheep out on the hillside. And I'm going to put some fresh bread that I baked this morning in there. And I'm going to take some of the salted fish that your dad brought home from the cannery. And we're going to put it in there with you. And I want you to take this lunch with you when you go. Because I don't know how long you're going to stay there and you need to eat while you're there. Well, they went and Amos put that little pouch around his shoulders and he went to the place and he listened to Jesus preach all that day. And Jesus not only preached, but all this, many times during the day, Jesus would stop preaching because his attention would be take, caught by someone in the crowd who had some serious ailment. They may have been crouched in an area somewhere and moaning, or they may have been on a, on a pad or something, and Jesus would see that they were in pain, and he would leave where he was teaching and come down and kneel beside them and heal them. And then he would go back and continue preaching. And all day long that day, Jesus talked about such glorious things that were going to happen to the people of God, and he cured all of the people who came there that day and ah, what a spectacular day it was and what a wonderful time what a wonderful time Amos had and it just filled his heart so much and then as the day got on he felt he sensed a restlessness in the crowd and he saw some of the apostles come up to Jesus and talk to him and he was naturally curious so he worked his way up the hill around some of the people and got in very close where he could hear them talking and he heard uh, Andrew come over to Jesus and say it's late Jesus these people have been here all day and they haven't had anything to eat we need to send them away we need to stop send them in the village where they can eat and Jesus said to Andrew, you give them something to eat. And Andrew said, Lord, we can't give them anything. We don't have anything. We didn't come prepared today to feed ourselves, much less the people who came. And when Amos heard that, he remembered the pouch that he had on his side where his mother had packed his lunch and he had been so excited that day he had forgotten about the food that he had. He hadn't felt hunger. Because he was really living into his name, he felt a burden in his heart for all of the people whose lives were being changed by Jesus. And he was there witnessing it. And it just buoyed him up so much and meant so much to him. But now all of a sudden he remembered it. So he came up to Philip and he pulled on his shirt sleeve and he said, Hey, you need some food? I got it. I got five loaves of bread and two fish and I'll give it to you and Philip said thank you but I don't think that will do but then Jesus said are you going to feed them and Philip said well we don't have anything and then in desperation he said but 
There is a little boy who came up to me a few moments ago, and he has some food. And he said he would share it with us. And Jesus said, I thought you'd never tell me. Bring it to me. And he brought the little boy up, and Jesus asked him if he was willing to share his food with the people. And Amos said, yes, Lord. And so he opened his pouch, and he gave Jesus all that he had. He gave him the fish. He gave him the bread. And then he sat back, and he saw something he will never forget in his life. Jesus held that bread and that fish, and he looked up to heaven, and he asked God to bless it. And he began to distribute it to the people. He gave it to the apostles. And every time he took a fish, another one was there. And every time he took a loaf of bread, another one was there. And Amos saw something that day that he will never, ever forget in his life. That he was part of one of Jesus' great miracles that revealed him to be the Messiah. And when he got home and he told his father about it, his father, who was a wise man, said, Amos, do you remember last week when we were in Capernaum and Jesus was teaching and telling his parables and he told a parable about someone who found a great treasure and he went and sold everything that he had and he bought the field so he could have the treasure? but he had to give everything that he had to do it. He said, remember at that time I told you that what God was telling us, what Jesus was telling us, was that we have to be prepared to give things. That when we find something very important, we have to realize how important it is and sacrifice everything for it. But today you saw something that put a little twist on this. Because what you had with you was a very small gift compared to all the people who needed it. But in your innocence, you knew that it was what Jesus was calling for. And while it was so insignificant and seemingly so meaningless, that was what Jesus wanted. And that's what he wanted you to do. And so what you had might have been insignificant. It was all that Jesus needed to do his miracle. And he was waiting for you to come forward and to give it to him. And you know that's a wonderful message for us because sometimes, especially little people, seem like they're so insignificant and the things that they have and what they know is, is so uh, paltry. But it's all you have in who you are. And what God wants is what you have. So don't worry if it's not as good as what somebody else has and not as much as what you've seen in other places. That's what you have. And that's what you can offer to God. And that's, what he, that's all he wants from you. And what seems very unimportant, he can make very important. Do I hear an amen? Amen. amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen.